0: SECTION 4 OF CELEBRATED TRAVELS AND TRAVELERS, VOLUME 1. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. CELEBRATED TRAVELS AND TRAVELERS, VOLUME 1. EXPLORATION OF THE WORLD BY JULES Verne. FIRST PART. CHAPTER THREE. PART ONE. CELEBRATED TRAVELERS BETWEEN THE 10TH AND 13TH CENTURIES. Benjamin of Tudela, eleven fifty nine to eleven seventy three, Plan de Carpine or Carpini, twelve forty five to twelve forty seven, Rubuquis, twelve fifty three to twelve fifty four. In the course of the tenth and at the beginning of the eleventh century, a considerable amount of ardor for exploration had arisen in northern Europe. Some Norwegians and adventurous Gauls had penetrated to the northern seas, and, if we may trust to some accounts, they had gone as far as the White Sea and visited the country of the Semayeds. Some documents say the Prince Maddox may have explored the American continent. At all events, we may be tolerably certain that Iceland was discovered about A.D. 861 by some Scandinavian adventurers, and that it was soon after colonized by Normans. About this time a Norwegian had taken refuge on a newly discovered land, and surprised by its verdure, he gave it the name of Greenland. The communication with this portion of the American continent was difficult and uncertain, and one geographer says it took five years for a vessel to go from Norway to Greenland and to return from Greenland to Norway. Sometimes in severe winters the northern ocean was completely frozen over, and a certain horrid guided by a goat, was able to cross on foot from Norway to Greenland. We should keep in mind that the period of which we are speaking is the time when legends and traditions were very plentiful, and gained ready credence. Let us return to well-authenticated facts, and relate the journey of a Spanish Jew whose truthfulness is beyond question. This Jew was the son of a rabbi of Tudela, a town in Navarre, and he was called Benjamin of Tudela. It seems probable that the object of his voyage was to make a census of his brother Jews scattered over the surface of the globe. But whatever may have been his motive, he spent thirteen years, from 1160 to 1173, exploring nearly all the known world and his narrative was considered the great authority on this subject up to the sixteenth century. Benjamin of Tudela left Barcelona, and traveling by Tarragona, Guironde, Narbonne, Biziz, Montpellier, Sunel, Posquies, St. Giles, and Arles, reached Marseilles. Here he visited the two synagogues in the town and the principal Jews, and then set sail for Genoa, arriving there in four days. The Genoese were masters of the sea at that time, and were at war with the people of Pisa, a brave people, who, like the Genoese, says the traveller, owned neither kings nor princes, but only the judges whom they appointed at their own pleasure. After visiting Lucca, Benjamin of Tudulla went to Rome. Alexander Third was pope at this time, and according to this traveller he included some Jews among his ministers. Among the monuments of special interest in the Eternal City, he mentioned St. Peter's and St. Laterne, but his descriptions are not interesting. From Rome by Capua and Pozuli then partly inundated, he went to Naples, where he seems to have seen nothing but the 500 Jews living there. Then by Salerno, Amalfi, Benevento, Oscali, Trani, St. Nicholas of Bari, and Brindisi, he arrived at Entranto, having crossed Italy, and yet found nothing interesting to relate of this splendid country. The list of the places Benjamin of Tudela visited is not interesting, but we must not omit to mention one of them, for his narrative is most precise, and it is useful to follow his route by the maps specially prepared for this purpose by Lilluol. From Entranto to Zantung his halting places were Corfu, the Gulf of Arta, Achelos, an ancient town in Aetolia, Anatolia in Greece, on the Gulf of Patras, Patras, Lepanto, Crisa, at the foot of Mount Parnassus, Corinth, Thebes, whose 2,000 Jewish inhabitants were the best makers of silk and purple in Greece, Nagropont, and Zetouan. Here, according to the Spanish traveler, is the boundary line of Wallachia. He says the Wallachians are as nimble as goats, and come down from the mountains to pillage the neighboring Greek towns. Benjamin of Tudela went on to Constantinople by way of Gardiki, a small township on the Gulf of Volo, Amaros, a port much frequented by the Venetians and Genoese, Piscina, a town of which no traces are left, Salonica, the ancient Thessalonica, Salonica, and Abydos. He gives us some details of Constantinople. The Emperor Emmanuel Comenus was reigning at the time, and lived in a palace that he built upon the seashore, containing columns of pure gold and silver, and the golden throne studded with precious stones, above which a golden crown is suspended by a chain of the same precious metal, which rests upon the monarch's head as he sits upon the throne. In this crown are many precious stones, and one of priceless worth. So brilliant are they, says the traveller, that at night there is no occasion for any further light than that thrown back by these jewels." He adds that there is a large population in the city, and for the number of merchants from all countries who assemble there, it can only be compared to Baghdad. The inhabitants are principally dressed in embroidered silk robes enriched with golden fringes, and to see them thus attired and mounted upon their horses, one would take them for princes. But they are not brave warriors, and they keep mercenaries from all nations to fight for them. One regret, he expresses, and that is, that there are no Jews left in the city, and that they have all been transported to Galata, near the entrance of the port, where nearly 2,500 of the sects, Rabbinites and carites, and among them many rich merchants and silk manufacturers, but the Turks have a bitter hatred for them, and treat them with great severity. Only one of these rich Jews was allowed to ride on horseback. He was the emperor's physician, Solomon, the Egyptian. As to the remarkable buildings of Constantinople, he mentions the Mosque of St. Sophia, in which the number of altars answers to the number of days in a year, and the columns and gold and silver candlesticks are too numerous to be counted also the hippodrome which at the present day is used as a horse-market but was then the scene of combats between lions bears tigers and other wild beasts and even birds when benjamin of Tudela left constantinople he visited gallipoli and chilea a port on the eastern coast and went to the islands in the archipelago mytilene chios whence there was much trade in the juice of the pistachio tree samos rhodes and Cyprus. As he sailed towards the land of Aaron, he passed by Missis, by Antioch, where he admired the arrangements for supplying the city with water, and by Latakia on his way to Tripoli, which he found had been recently shaken by an earthquake that had been felt for miles round. We next hear of him at Beirut, at Sidon, and Tyre, celebrated for its glass manufactory, at Acre, at Jaffa near Mount Carmel, at Capernaum, at the beautiful town of Cesara, at Samaria, which is built in the midst of a fertile tract where there are vineyards gardens orchards and olive gardens at nabolas at gibeon and then at jerusalem in the holy city it was but natural that the jew could see nothing that would have interested a christian visitor for him jerusalem appeared only a small town defended by three walls and peopled with jews syrians greeks georgians and franks of all languages and nations he found four hundred horse soldiers in the city ready for war at any moment a great temple in which there is a tomb of that man as the talmud styles our saviour and a house in which the jews had the privilege of carrying on the work of dying but they were few in number scarcely two hundred and they lived under the tower of david at one corner of the city outside jerusalem the traveller mentions the tomb of Absalom, the sepulchre of osias the pool of siolam near the brook cedon the valley of jehoshaphat and the mount of olives from whose summit one can see the dead sea Two leagues from it stands the pillar of Lot's wife, and the traveller adds that though the flocks and herds which pass this pillar of salt are continually licking it, yet it never diminishes in size. From Jerusalem, Benjamin of Tudela went to Bethlehem, and inscribed his name on Rachel's tomb, as it was customary for all Jews to do who passed by it. And from Bethlehem, after counting twelve Jewish dying establishments, he went on to Hebron, which is now deserted and in ruins. After visiting, in the plain of Machbella, the tombs of Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebekah, Jacob, and Lee, and passing by Beth-Jarim, Scio, Mount Moriah, Beth-Nubi, Maramah, Joppa, Jebne, Essotis, Escalon, built by adras Lud, Tiberias, where are some hot springs, Gish, and Maram, which is still a spot visited by Jewish pilgrims, Kadesh, and Laish, near the cavern, where the Jordan takes its rise, the traveller left the land of Israel, and entered Damascus. THE FOLLOWING IS HIS DESCRIPTION OF THIS CITY, WHERE THE TURKISH RULE BEGINS. IT IS A VERY LARGE AND BEAUTIFUL CITY, walled ROUND, AND OUTSIDE THE WALLS FOR FIFTEEN MILES ARE GARDENS AND ORCHARDS, AND OF ALL THE SURROUNDING COUNTRY THIS IS THE MOST FERTILE SPOT. THE TOWN STANDS AT THE FOOT OF MOUNT HERMON, WHENCE RISE THE TWO RIVERS, ABANA AND FARPA, THE FIRST PASSES THROUGH THE CITY AND ITS WATERS ARE TAKEN INTO THE LARGER HOUSES BY MEANS OF AQUEDUCTS, AS WELL AS THROUGH THE STREETS AND MARKETS. THIS TOWN TRADES WITH ALL THE WORLD, The river Farpar fertilizes the orchards and gardens outside the town. There is an Ishmaelite mosque, called Goman Damaskic, meaning the synagogue of Damascus, and this building has not its equal. It is said to have been ben Haden's palace, and it contains a glass wall built apparently by magic. This wall has 365 holes in it, answering to the days of the year. As the sun rises and sets it shines through one or other of these holes, so that the hour of the day may thus always be known. Inside the palace, or mosque, are gold and silver houses large enough to hold two or three persons at a time if they wished to wash or bathe in them. After going to Galad and Salk, which are two days' journey from Damascus, Benjamin reached Baalbek, the Heliopolis of the Greeks and Romans, built by Solomon in the valley of the Lobanus, then to Tamdor, which is Palmyra, also built entirely of great stones. Then, passing by Carinchen, he stopped at Hamak, which was partially destroyed by an earthquake in 1157 which overthrew many of the Syrian towns. Now comes in the narrative a list of names, which are of no great interest. We may mention among them Nineveh, whence the traveller returned towards the Euphrates, and finally that he reached Baghdad, the residence of the Caliph. Baghdad was of great interest to the Jewish traveller. He says it is a large town three miles in circumference, containing a hospital both for Jews and sick people of any nation. It is the centre for learned men, philosophers, and magicians from all parts of the world. It is the residence of the Caliph, who at this time was probably aged whose dominion included western Persia and the banks of the Tigris. He had a vast palace, standing in a park watered by a tributary of the Tigris, and filled with wild beasts. He may be taken as a model sovereign on some points. He was a good and very truthful man, kind and considerate to all with whom he came in contact. He lived on the produce of his own toil, and made blankets, which, marked with his own seal, were sold in the market by the princes of his court to defray the expense of his living. He only left his palace once a year at the feast of Ramadan, when he went to the mosque near the Bassorah gate and there acting as iman he explained the law to his people he returned to his palace by a different route which was carefully guarded all the rest of the year so that no other passer-by might profane the marks of his footsteps all the brothers of the caliph inhabit the same palace as he does they are all treated with much respect and have the government of provinces and towns in their hands the revenues from them enabling them to pass a pleasant life only as they once rebelled against their sovereign they are now all fettered with chains of iron, and have guards mounted before their houses. Benjamin of Tudela visited that part of Turkey and Asia which is watered by the Euphrates and Tigris, and saw the ruined city of Babylon, passing by what is said to be the furnace into which Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego were thrown, and the town of Babel, which he describes as follows. The tower built by the tribes that were dispersed is of bricks. Its largest groundwork must be two miles in circumference. Its length is two hundred and forty cubits. At every ten cubits there is a passage leading to a spiral staircase which goes to the upper part of the building. From the tower there is a view of the surrounding country for twenty miles, but the wrath of God fell upon it, and it is now only a heap of ruins. From Babel the traveller went to the synagogue of Ezekiel, situated on the Euphrates, a real sanctuary where believers congregate to read the book written by the prophet. Then traversing Akizontes, etc., to Surah, once the site of a celebrated Jewish college, and Safshahib, whose synagogue is built with stones from Jerusalem, and crossing the desert of Yemen, he passed Tamar, Tillamar, and Cheabar, which contained a great number of Jewish inhabitants, to Wesseth, and thence to Bassorah on the Tigris, nearly at the end of the Persian Gulf. He gives no account of this important town, and thence he seems to have gone to Karna to visit the tomb of the prophet Edrus. Then he entered Persia, and sojourned at Chonistan, a large town partly in ruins, which the river Tigris divides into two parts, one rich, the other poor, joined by a bridge over which hangs the coffin of Daniel the prophet. He went to Amaria, which is the boundary of Media, where he says the impostor David Elroy appeared, the worker of false miracles, who was none other than our Lord Jesus Christ, but called among the Jews of that part by the former name. Then he went to Hamadan, where the tombs of Mordecai and Esther are found, and by Dabrastan he reached Ispana, the capital of the kingdom, a city measuring twelve miles in circumference. At this point the narrative of the traveller becomes somewhat obscure. According to his notes we found him in Shiraz, then at Samarkand, then at the foot of the mountains in Tibet. This seems to have been his furthest point towards the northeast. He must have come back to Nazapur and Shustan on the banks of the Tigris, thence after a sea voyage of two days to El khalif an Arab town on the Persian Gulf, where the pearl fishery is carried on. Then after another voyage of seven days and crossing the sea of oman he seems to have reached quillion on the coast of malabar he was at last in india the kingdom of the worshippers of the sun and the descendants of cush this country produces pepper ginger and cinnamon twenty days after leaving quillion he was among the fire-worshippers in ceylon and thence perhaps he went to china he thought this voyage a very perilous one and says that many vessels are lost on it giving the following singular expedient for averting the danger You should take on board with you several skins of oxen and if the wind rises and threatens a vessel with danger all who wish to escape envelop themselves each in a skin sew up this skin so as to make it as far as possible watertight then throw themselves into the sea and flocks of the great eagles called griffins thinking that they are really oxen will descend and bear them on their wings to some mountain or valley there to devour their prey immediately upon reaching land the man will kill the eagle with his knife and leaving the skin will walk towards the nearest habitation Many people, he adds, have been saved by this means. We find Benjamin of Tudela again at Ceylon, then at the island of Socotra in the Persian Gulf, and after crossing the Red Sea he arrives at Abyssinia, which he styles the India that is on terra firmer. Thence he goes down the Nile, crosses the country of Aswan, reaches the town of Holvan, and by the Sahara, where the sand swallows up whole caravans, he goes to Zilaire, Kus, Feona, and Misraim or Cairo. The last is a large town containing fine squares and shops. It never rains there, but this want is supplied by the overflow of the Nile once a year which waters the country and renders it very fertile. He passed Gazette on living Misram, but does not mention the pyramids, and just names Anschwanz, Boutig, Sifita, and Amaria. He stopped at Alexandria, built by Alexander the Great, a city of great commerce frequented by merchants from all parts of the world. Its squares and streets are thronged with people and so long that one cannot see from one end to another. A dyke or causeway runs out a mile into the sea, on which a high tower was built by the conqueror, and on the top of it a glass mirror was placed, by which all vessels could be seen while still fifty days sail away, coming from Greece, or the east on their way to make war upon or otherwise harm the town. This tower, if we may credit the writer, is still of a use as a signal to vessels coming to Alexandria, for it can be seen day or night, a great flaming torch being kept lighted at night, visible a hundred miles off. What are our lighthouses when even with the electric light they are only visible thirty miles away? From Damietta the traveller visited several neighbouring towns. Then returning there, he embarked on board a vessel, and twenty days afterwards landed at Messina. He wished to continue the census that he was making, so by way of Rome and Lucca he went to St. Bernard. He mentions visiting several towns both in Germany and France, where Jews had settled, And according to Chateaubriand's account, Benjamin of Tudela's computation brought the number of Jews to about 760,165. In conclusion, the traveller speaks of Paris, which he seems to have visited. He says, This great town numbers among its inhabitants some remarkably learned men, who are unequaled for learning by any in the world. They spend all their time studying law, and at the same time they are very hospitable to all strangers, but especially to all their Jewish brethren. Such is the account of Benjamin of Tudela's travels. They form an important part of the geographical science of the middle of the twelfth century. As we have used the modern names, it is easy to follow the short account of his route that we have given on an atlas of the present day. End of First Part, Chapter 3, Part 1 Recording by Todd